previously on Unbillable Boston. I, I spent hundreds of hours sitting talking to Jim Bulger. He could be a great Irish storyteller, um, although sometimes his stories ended with a bang. I remember sitting with him and I'm going down the list of murders. Get to the third one, he starts laughing. <laughs> and, I, and he's, when you hear this story, I go into the bar. <laughs> oh I call the guy out. He's, he says, what do you want to tell me, Whitey? I want to tell you this. You are dead. Bow. Oh one to the head. <laughs> you should have seen the look on his face. I'm going, okay, come back to this one for the defense. Did I ask him about the fourth? Wow, I mean, that's some good stuff. Hello, everyone. This is David Yaz joining you once again on Unbillable Boston. The voice you heard was that of J.W. Carney, the attorney for James Whitey Bulger. And he was uh, nothing if not candid with us. That conversation he just recounted with Whitey Bulger is uh, we, they had us on the edge of our seat just thinking about the way Whitey spun those yarns and both, you know, enlightening and sort of sinister at the same time. Hope you enjoyed it. To listen to the full episode, just visit unbillableboston.com. We'll, you will get all of our past installments of our podcast. You can also find us on Massachusetts Lawyers Weekly's website. That's masslawyersweekly.com. And we're grateful to the folks at uh, Lawyers Weekly for doing that. You can find us on iTunes, I would suggest, and encourage you to subscribe to the podcast so you get every weekly installment. We do come out every Monday on Unbillable Boston where we explore what really makes things work in this city when it comes to business, law, politics, media, and all the behind-the-scenes stories from Boston icons, luminaries, etc. Today we have a terrific show for you. We're going to talk to Boston uh, political and media legend Margie Claprood. Once again, it's David Yaz. I'm at Morgan Stanley. I'm joined, as usual, by Max Perlman and Sarah Worley. And I certainly hope you enjoy the show. This one's for you, Boston. Boston's a different city than it was 20 years ago. The hope rises again, and the dream lives on. Larry Burke's not walking through that door, fans. The world will return to this great American city to run harder than ever and to cheer even louder. This is on f***ing speedy. Well, welcome back to Unbillable Boston here uh, with me as usual, Max and Sarah. Guys, how are you? Doing well, Dave. Yeah. Great, David. Thank yep. you. Okay, that didn't sound rehearsed at all, so that's good. <laughs> when you can't get a guest for the show, you just get your aunt. So that's what I did. So for those Woo! that don't know, yes, Margie is my flesh and blood, my aunt, but right. former uh, state rep, former longtime state rep in the great Commonwealth of Massachusetts, former uh, big-time radio star. Huge. At, huge. At, at one point. Huge. The top, but kidding aside, at, yes. for, at one point, the top morning radio show Sure. Uh, in the city with Pat Whitley, right? With Pat Whitley, Clapper and Whitley. Second only, I have to give credit to the other 50,000 watt big foot in town, which is that news station that yep. are very, very good. And you get all of your, your news, your sports, and your uh, school cancellations. Right. But other than that, it was Clapper and Whitley on WRKF. And don't forget so, Lifetime. Weren't you a guest with me on Lifetime? No, I never got that no. invite. So thanks. Thanks a lot. It yes. was huge. Um, yeah. Yes, you had a, a Clapper Live. Clapper Live? Was Clapper that what it was called? On, on Lifetime. Yes. Um, also a uh, multi-time loser in state politics. Thank which you so we, well, much. The, some of the best ones are, right? Some of the best ones, right. Yeah. But so here's the thing. So ran with John Silver. 
That's one, right. one my primary. For anyone that's out there that remembers the race, I was really 21, oh, I 22. Yeah. yeah. And um, so the good news, and I always used to say this to poor John Silver, God rest his soul, is that um, he ruined my life, um, obviously, because we lost that race very, very narrow. Right. Because he attacked the, the beautiful and, and ever-talented Natalie Jacobson. However, mm -hmm. uh, he made me what I am today, which is a very bitter but wealthy woman, because <laughs> I went right into radio, <laughs> television. That's and, right, and, yeah. it, and it, it works out that way sometimes, I think which is so. great. Yeah, yeah, for those that don't remember, uh, Marge ran alongside John Silber against Bill Weld and Paul Salucci, and it was one of those sort of sliding doors moments, in, mm. unfortunately, in state politics, because it was a very close race, and I remember sitting there. Um, you were with me the whole I was there. Thing. I might have still had braces on my teeth, but I, I was there, and, and in the in the room, and I remember John Kerry coming in to... to uh, uh, Congratulate us. What's, <laughs> what's the opposite of congratulations? Condolences. To, consult, co to console you when the, the returns started going the other way. Um, I mean, I take it you don't regret it, though, right? Oh, I you mean, can't. Yeah. No, I mean, if you, first of all, if you're in politics, you, you've got a little bit of that, you know, hey, let's go jump off the building and see if we've got a parachute, you know. Right. It's a very risky business. It's something that you either love with great passion or you don't. And um, so you always run um, knowing that the possibility is that you might lose, but you always expect to win. Mm -hmm. You have to have great confidence. And with this race, I mean, uh, a Democrat hadn't lost the corner office for governor and lieutenant governor literally in over in my lifetime. Yeah. Uh, so I had already picked out the drapes for the corner office that I knew oh, yeah. John Silver was going to be governor for four years, then we were going to send him to Rhode Island on some mission, yeah. and and then close the borders around the great commonwealth of Massachusetts, and I would become governor move in. for three yeah. terms. Well, that, that would be the next 12 years, so there you well, go. Well, when Jane Swift became governor, however briefly, I remember yes. you saying, that was my job, <laughs> that, that was me, and... It, really, it was just an odd set of circumstances because Frank Bellotti was the front runner for the, the Democratic nominee. He was supposed and, to be my running That's man. right. And it would have been the classic uh, Democratic Party. You and you and Frank uh, aligned in most, way, most right. ways, I would take it. You know, oh, I, on all the issues. Right? He yeah. was like a big... I don't think you even know this, David, but yeah. I'm sure it's fascinating to everybody listening. But Frank Bellotti, who was Attorney General and is now with Mintz as a terrific partner, Mintz Levin... Um, uh, went to school and grew up in the same area as my mother, your grandmother, Marjorie mm -hmm. O'Neill. Yeah. So that when, by the time that I was running for lieutenant governor and Frank was running for governor, he used to get up at, at events and introduce me. And he'd say, and this Marjorie O'Neill Claproot, I grew up with her. I remember seeing her on this. And I would always have to get up and go, this is very sweet, but you just aged me by about 40 years. Thanks a lot. Thank yeah. you for nothing. Yeah. But um, but Frank was, was a brilliant guy, still is. And mm -hmm. he I saw him last week at an event mm -hmm. um, for the Mass Women's Political Caucus, and he still has the T-shirt that we both had made up for the convention where we both won the nomination. Mm -hmm. And his said, Bilotti for governor. And underneath it, you pulled it up, and it said, ha-ha, I'm also from Margie. So, <laughs> yep. And he still has it. <laughs> so that's a guy who has kicked butt in pretty much anything he's done, With mm -hmm. if, if we want to count that failed campaign as, a, as an exception. But a guy like that, what's, what's his key to success? Why is he... He's, he's a warm guy. He's smart. He's charming oh, and all that. Tell, 
tell me why you think he's a guy like that is successful. Uh, I, you know, I think Frank Bellotti had the whole package. Yeah. Very, 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 very smart. Um, very personable. So in, in politics, I think those two are really sort of ultimate combinations because we don't have an awful lot of people who were both. There were some really, really talented people who, because they're not personable, people go, holy cow, do I want to look at her or him every night on the 6 o'clock news? Yeah. He also is incredibly driven. He's one of those people that would be up at 6 in the gym. To, to this day, he's in his 80s. He works out. Mm-hmm. Um, he also has a great tanning solution well, of that's some sort. No question. He's the he, George Hamilton of Massachusetts politics. Gorgeous. Yeah. Gorgeous. Right. Yes. And and he at the time that he first entered politics, and uh, if his if his wife Mary is listening, what a great family. Yeah. Great kids. A thousand kids, and they're all great. Um, but uh, Frank really truly was had sort of a, a suave manner about him. That, that, that bordered on very, very sexy. He would, he like Bill Clinton, would flirt with men and mm-hmm. women in a political way, and everybody fell in love with him. And well, he was a great, he was a great, he was a ballsy, can I say that on the air? Absolutely, yeah. He was a very ballsy attorney general, lieutenant governor, um, and continues to be, and, and, what, and I say that with huge respect because he, he, the Fernald School, mm-hmm. uh, which was one of the landmark cases here in Massachusetts, and when they um, sued the Commonwealth for basically um, not treating uh, uh, children and, and adults who are physically and mentally challenged, well, he threw himself in the Commonwealth at the mercy of the court, basically. Yeah. And, he, and he said, you're right, we are, we are culpable. Now, that's ballsy mm-hmm. as the AG, right? Yeah. Because everything went into receivership, and he had to work with everybody, and he said, we should be ashamed that we don't care for these uh, children and young adults better. And I thought that was amazing. And even when I went to law school with you, yeah. you finished, I dropped uh, yeah, out right. to go one of us, One of us, you look to your, I'm looking to my right right now, I'm looking to my left, and uh, one person dropped out of law school. Yeah, that, yeah. Would, <laughs> yeah. that would be me. Right. So so obviously I made the wrong choice. Yeah. I, mean, I, you know, well, I don't know went my that. way, but there you are. So now you're the lawyer. But but it, wasn't that a great yeah. case, the, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts and the Fernal School? That was groundbreaking, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But groundbreaking. you mentioned that Frank is um, charming, and he even will use his sex appeal, or has in the past For anyway. Sure. So, and it's interesting you bring that up, Marge, because mm-hmm. you were on the first non-model human being on the cover of Boston Magazine, right? True. Yep, back in the 80s, sorry. Yes. And the headline said sex. When I was only 20. The headline said sex and politics, and had you crossing your arms so demurely and by the and, way, for the listening audience, yeah. Dave is now crossing, crossing his, his arms, arms demurely. And sort so. of smirking with head tilted slightly to the right. Smirking. And the and also, which Sarah will understand, when you cross your arms like this and you have on a lovely something. It was a cocktail dress with, or something. It helps yeah. with the cleavage, can yeah. we just say. It does. It sort of helps. No, there was I no. I agree with that. No, don't you agree? I do. Your shape, yes. maybe. You didn't have cleavage in the photo. Now, this is getting gross because you're my aunt. But anyway. No, no. The, but what I'm but just the, saying, and men do it too to make yeah. their biceps look bigger. They put their put of their course, hands yeah. under their bicep. I'm just saying. So when you turn to the inside of the story, the headline said, "All the all the boys love Margie, but the girls aren't so sure." That's true. So was there a moment when it hit you that? you could use your uh, charm and sex appeal to actually get ahead? No, so there was a time though, that's a great, great question for, for anybody today, for our daughters and, and uh, granddaughters and every, 
everyone, uh, and for our sons as well, um, and for our nephews as well. Um, it occurred to me that if a man is charming and outgoing, he's considered uh, someone with great personality and, and great charisma, and uh, a great um, indication that he will probably be a great success in business or politics or whatever. And if a woman exhibits the exact same uh, ability to relate to people, to be personable. Uh, Frank Bellotti was a toucher. He'd put your hand up and he'd shake your hand yeah. and he'd touch it and he'd hang on to it until you told him something that he wanted to hear. And I'm like that too, as you know. So mm -hmm. yeah. uh, it occurred to me that there was a double standard right away. Everybody knows that now. But at that time, I looked at that cover on the magazine mm -hmm. and I thought, good news is there's never been a woman who ran for public office that's been on the cover of the magazine. The bad news is they told me the working title was The Bright Light on the Hill. Yeah. And when it comes out, it says, is she too sexy for governor? Right. Well, did they ever say, is Joe Kennedy too sexy for governor? Is Frank Bellotti too sexy for governor? He, they, is Charlie Baker too sexy? Of course not. They're adorable, and they do cheeky, cheeky stuff. And uh, I, I just think Joe it's a Joe Kennedy, I think, was too sexy. That's why he's not governor. Uh, he was too <laughs> sexy. He was, he was so irresistible. But so... Can you, can you give us, the is there a moment or a story, something you can relate during your time in politics where this sort of thing came up, where you thought, um, you know, you were being treated differently or things that people oh, yeah. said to you on the, on, on the floor of the oh, house or anything like that? Lots of times? Oh, lots and lots of times. Yeah. I'll tell you about um, the first day I was uh, getting sworn into office. You know, the, the women at that time, I think we had 22 seats out of 160. Mm -hmm. So I was a brand new member of the House of Representatives and we were all dressed up and our families were all there and we go, you were probably there and you just don't remember. But don't So we're going into the chamber and the Speaker of the House and the Governor would just wear us in. Um, <clears throat> and so I went walking by all the chairmen and they all were men at that time, chairmen of all the committees that were very powerful, were there sort of a little phalanx <laughs> that we had to greet us as we all came through. Yeah, a and gauntlet. Yeah. yeah, a gauntlet, yeah. yes. Uh, so um, as I came by, uh, one of the gentlemen, uh, he reached over and he slapped me on the butt. Come on. I, as God is my witness, this, slapped uh, me on the butt. This is a member of the House. This is a, a very powerful member of the House. Oh. He was a chairman. Well, come on. Is and he dead now? Who is he? No, no, no. He's no. still around. Hi, no. Angelo Scotia. Thank you oh, very much. Okay. <laughs> I've said this many times. Poor Angelo has to live with this. So he whacked me on the butt and he said, welcome to the hill. <laughs> So I didn't know any better, and I whacked him on his butt, and I said, welcome back. It's nice to be here. And so he turned to me, and he said, do you know who I am? Yeah. I said, I do, but apparently you don't know who I am. There you go. Yeah. He said, I'm Chairman Scotia, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Who do you work for? And I said, I work for 39,414 people in the great eight Norfolk district that just elected me. He said, you're a member? And I said, and he went, I'm so sorry. And I said, you know, that's even worse. Yeah. You would do that to my legislative aide? You would whack her on the bus? Who did he think you were? Like the woman he, who comes in and holds up the ring cards yes, during the, thought, the, the middle of the session? He thought that I was somebody's uh, person, somebody's right. gal, yeah. you know? And so um, I like to believe that it was not only an educable moment for yeah. moi, but I think Angelo and I became very good friends. He's an old-fashioned guy. He probably didn't. But now, today, you would never do that. And I think he learned from that experience. So so tell us, we, we talk around this table, we talk a lot about, um, I guess you could say, how to get ahead. But it's more how you become a well-respected person in, in 
in Boston, and a lot of times it's the little favor that you do for somebody, sure. or the extra phone call you make, or, or tell us um, what people miss about that. In other words, have you gotten ahead more on little personal moments and things that built relationships with people, or or was it something else? Boy, that's Give us a great question. Yeah. So, so two things. First of all, um, if Everybody doesn't know they sort of learn it in grade school or high school, hopefully in college or law school. Everything in life is person to person. Right. Everything. Everything. So if you want to be the best plumber out there, you'd better get to know the best plumber that's out there now who will take you on as an apprentice and you'll learn your craft. And if you want to be governor, you had better know what's going on in the governor's office. Okay. I mean, I just have to say in general, my biggest complaint about people who talk about politics on the air, on the media, uh, are always saying, boy, but what I love about this candidate is he's never been in office before. He's brand new. I'm not one of those. And you say, one of what? And one of those politicians. Well, then why do you want to be one? Why are you wanting to be one? Because once you get elected, in fact, you are. So, so part of it is understanding that person to person is everything. The thing today, though, that is so important for everybody is is public service is about doing favors. If your state rep won't come to your high school and either deliver the address or won't meet your son who applied to the University of Massachusetts or won't recommend um, your daughter for a job that she's qualified for, then they're really not doing their job because you elected them as your neighbor to not only pass bills on big heady things like war and peace and taxes and all of that, but to know you, to know who you are. And, and in this day and age, there's almost this unspoken rule that if you're related or dating someone who's related to anyone in public office, you really cannot apply for any job that has anything whatsoever to do in the second or third degree with public service. I remember, And that rules out about 75% of the jobs in America. I remember you talking about relating to people. I remember I went with you on the campaign trail one day to New Bedford, and so there we are waiting outside some kind of mill for, and the idea, oh, yeah, and the yeah. idea was that Marge is going to say, she's running for lieutenant governor, and she's going to say hi to everyone as they come out of the mill. So I didn't realize this sort of thing still existed, but this was one of these places where like when the horn blew at 5 p.m., it was like jailbreak. And yeah, get out of my up. way. And so as soon as the doors flew open, Mar me and Margie and maybe a driver or someone were standing there, it's like this mass of humanity heading right towards us. Right. And I said to myself, oh, my God, forget it. Like, I was going to try to get Marge out of there. And instead, she starts furiously shaking everybody's hands, going, Margie Clapper running for lieutenant governor, Margie Clapper. <laughs> and, and by the time it was done, she I mean, she didn't get to everybody because some people were flying to jump into their pickup truck and go home and drink a bud but she was she got to a good night and i got a lot of smiles and i'm yeah. sure that that worked so so it is really retail politics it's not um glad handing it's not f false it's almost taking everything that your 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 mom or your grandma may have said you know be polite be kind say hello i don't know i don't know about, about you but i can remember um learning how to shake a hand um, from my mother, your Nana, yeah. and she said, that is so wimpy. 
hold on to it tighter, men shake hand tighter, and so if you if you're going to be good at this, you um, and and so on and so forth. So and our whole family has bruises on our hands now. Bruises, so thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, but it's about we, I, we have to ice them down. It's about connecting, right? But Max, it's about connecting, don't you think? I well, mean, you said Marge, you said public service, but what you've you've only spent you know probably half of your career in public service, Do, right? How is it different in the private? How is it different in trying to get ahead? in the restaurant business or in media or it's really not you and i sort of got somebody a job by just by email one day about a month ago do you remember wasn't that amazing now now um i won't mention it you'll know why i won't mention the parties involved by the time i get to the story but marge um i called her because there was someone who said to me oh you know i'm applying for a job as uh to work in the legal office of this guy. Now, this guy also had a political connection, too, so I know Marge probably knew him. So I called Marge, you know this guy? Oh, yeah, I know him. And I said, well, could you put in a word for my friend, so-and-so, Kelly. Her name's not Kelly, but uh, put in a, fr- a word for my friend Kelly. Marge emails the guy. The guy emails back. I'm emailing Kelly. We're all emailing around. By the end of it, the guy is saying, it, it, I really hope it works out. I think she's great. I think... Um, so, and Marge and I are, by email, slapping, giving each other high fives. Right. And then I got I got an email the next week saying thank you so much I decided not to take the job. Oh, I didn't hear that part of it. I know. I'm just telling you. I know. No, it wait. So bad. here's the best part, though. Yeah. Then you and I have another chit we can cash in at another time. That's true. Because I can go call my friend and say that was so nice of you to have offered. Can I keep that slot open for the next good candidate that yeah, comes along? Yeah, I know. So Marge, to switch gears now, we play a game here called Wicked Smart. And you know what? We're going to go right into it. And now, and now it's time, time for Wicked Smart. I'm smart! My boy's Wicked Smart. I'm smart! Wicked Smart. I'm smart! Well, this will be an exciting edition of Wicked Smart because I'm going Ooh. to give you a series of <gasps> extremely hard trivia questions from the world of politics. <gasps> Uh, this we, will be terrible if I don't know. Them. We play a you game here. Fine. I'll be just fine, really. Yes, you will. Are you one of the answers, Sarah? No. 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 In fact, they're going to play along. Oh, so all right. Gonna, so we're all going to play. We're going to play this game. Are we a team? Yeah. Uh, no. So here's how it's wor- it works. This is the way we play the game. Sarah, Max, uh, you, you, no. You, you write. <laughs> the, they're all local, so Clinton will not make the list. But um, Sarah, Max, you can write down your answer to, to these questions, and Marge will say hers aloud. I you don't have to write. You don't have okay. to write. So, um, what famous uh, local politician said these quotes? And we've got, I think we've got five of them here. So, here we go. Um, all right. Now, we'll start with an easy one. Start with an easy one. Uh, the work goes on. The cause endures. I know the that one. Still, we, <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. The work goes on. The cause endures. The hope still lives. And the dreams shall never die. Do you guys want to write down your, your guesses? You don't have a guess, bing, Sarah? Bing, bing, I don't. Bing, bing. All right. Bing, I'm bing. intimidated by Aunt Marjorie. Max is writing something. Oh, sorry. <laughs> All right. Marge, what do you got? Oh, please. Ted Kennedy. That's correct. Brilliant. Very good. One of his best. Did you guess? I, got, I, I said Joe Mokley. Oh. <laughs> oh. Marge put the Mokley bug I in your love, head. Okay. I love Mokley. I hope All right. One for Marge, okay. zero for everybody else. Very good. Okay. Uh, here's the next one. Okay. A good lesson in keeping your perspective is take your job seriously, but don't take yourself seriously. That's a hard one. The, uh, so I'll give you another one by the same um, the same guy or gal. All politics is local. This is attributed to him, even though that sounds like a uh, 
something a lot of people could have said, right? So a good lesson in keeping your perspective is take your job seriously. Don't take yourself seriously. All politics is local. Do we? Do you need a hint? Oh, you have it, Marge? I know it. You know it? You know it? No. I defer to Aunt Marjorie. Well, you're going to lose. No, <laughs> Max, no. you have a guess? I have a guess. Okay. Who? You, Cody Ciancy. No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Who is it? Tip O'Neill. That's right. Thomas wow. P. O'Neill, former Speaker of the House. Eighth right. congressional district. I ran for a seat and lost proudly just because it was Tip's seat. <gasps> I love I love his tunnel. Great, great tunnel. It is. <laughs> it is a great tunnel. He also said to me, "Kid, you got a lot of balls. I'm glad you're running." That's glad- a that's <laughs> a quote. And Tommy O'Neill, if you're listening, his son. Yes. That thank you for introducing me to your father all those many years ago. Well, he was. Uh, he was a legend, and legend. I, I lament that the, I, whenever I, I think of the state of politics now and the, the divisiveness in Congress, I think of how he, he was a symbol of how you could get along with the other party and get things done. He'd be a, and, and also, I think a good shot of whiskey helped there. Too. <laughs> <laughs> they would sit down after a debate, seriously. All right, next question. Go. Here's the quote. Every time you do a favor for a constituent, you make nine enemies and one ingrate. Wow. Every time you do, you know do this a one, favor Max? for a constituent. No, I don't know it. I think I you know it, but do you want to try no. it, Sarah? That's bitter. Um, no, go ahead. Go I, ahead. I think Take it's Mike Dukakis. No. Correct answer was James Michael Curley. No! Yeah. So, right. I should so have no guessed James Michael Curley. Got yeah. elected to every <laughs> office in Massachusetts that you early. can, from Congress uh, to House uh, to Senate to governor and got elected from where? What was this big thing? James Michael Curley got elected from uh, prison. Oh, right. Yeah. Mm. I think he uh, holds that record as the only member of Congress ever elected from No, usually you get elected first and then you end up in prison. And that's right. (laughs) Next question. Um, The score is Margie 2 and everybody else nothing. Okay. Uh, We don't want people conjugating on the common. Oh, we, I got that. we don't uh, want people yeah. conjugating. Uh, on the I got that one. Okay, well hold on. We'll write it down. I'll write down the person's initials. That way you can. You know, you know, March. Yes. They got it so quickly. <laughs> well, there were so many. No, I went to two or three different names. So, but the reason that you got it so quickly is that. Look at the wheel spinning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It must have been um, somebody much more recent. And. Do I need an answer here? Okay, I, I would say Dapper O'Neill, former city councilor. Uh, incorrect. Sarah? The late, great Mayor Menino. That's right. Was that Max, true? Absolutely. Well? absolutely. Considered right. that problem to be a, a huge albacore around his neck. Yep. That's right. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's an entire list of... No, it was... It, actually, it's funny you say that. Albatross. It was an Alcatraz. He oh, said an it Alcatraz. Was, it was an Alcatraz around my neck. An I'm, Alcatraz. I, no, I'm looking at a list of Tom Menino malaprops. Oh. Well, um, he'd want to comment on the trade of Hondo today. The Hon- oh. Hondo. KJ and Hondo. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, he wasn't he All right. We'll do, we'll do two more. Here okay. we go. Uh, Ted Williams. If Ted Williams would just tip his cap once, he would be elected mayor of Boston in five minutes. If Ted Williams would just tip his cap once, he'd be elected mayor of Boston in five minutes. So you got to think of the era, right? If Ted Williams had just tipped his cap once, which Tommy Menino did many times in ads, and uh, before him could have been Ray Flynn. Just tips his caps before him. Could well, March, the quote Kevin is the, the quote is about how Ted was not uh, friendly with the media and such. And but this is a guy who was during his era that Ted was 
a huge well, giant. Well, yeah, or maybe recently retired or something. Any? Okay, so you have a guess? Kevin White? That's right. Oh! oh. I'm going to assume you guys didn't know that. I, well, we pulled I that one right out of Very my nice. ear ball. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Last question. Um, we're not going to tell George Bush uh, to, what to do with his private parts, and so he shouldn't be able to tell us what to do with ours. Oh, Who God, said that's that? That's such a great quote. Who said it? It was... Uh, let me I'm going to guess. Agony. I'm going to guess. Go ahead. Former Texas Governor Ann Richards. No, the correct answer was Margie Claproot. I was oh, there and I heard you say it. <laughs> Did you, I? Was I really that you clever? You said it and you didn't attribute it to anyone, so. Um, that's my best that's your, quote! There you go. So, that's it for Wicked Smart. Congrats, Marge. I'm smart! That boy's Wicked Smart. I'm smart! Wicked Smart. I'm smart! Well, can I ask about a quote that somebody recently oh, said about you? Yes. In 2013, the Boston Globe called you a saucy liberal. And I'm wondering, which do you like more, saucy or liberal? <laughs> oh, do I have to choose? You have to. Um, that's, that's I can't even tell you how many emails I got on that. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Mostly on the saucy part. Mm -hmm. Would they call them men? Saucy? I don't know if they call I like saucy. Saucy's Hot, too, spicy. Yeah. Sort of unexpected, sort of um, delicious, sort of like, woo! <laughs> and we need saucy these days because too, there's too much milk toast out there. Exactly. And so saucy wakes you up, yeah. Every milk and I toast love liberal. I am an unapologetic liberal. Mm -hmm. That that is one of my very serious quotes. And I and I define only if I can define it. And I define liberal as really someone who really believes that government is there. It's our preamble. It's our constitution for the people, by the people we elect, and and of the people and. So for anybody listening who doesn't like your Congress and those 435 folks, if you voted last time around, you've got a right to bitch, but you need to run. Because the only time that you're going to find a candidate you agree with 10 times out of 10 is if you run yourself. And, and even sometimes I argue with myself, so I never agreed with myself all the time, but that was a nice... So I, I promised I'd get you out here. I've even run over time a little bit. Oh, okay, it's, uh, sorry. Because it's Chris, it's... Uh, Chris's birthday, and I want to get in trouble with him. With the man, yeah. yeah so, but tell us what you're doing now, and, and plug your your new business so people know. Oh, very very cool. Yeah. So, so um, Chris and I. So, Chris is Chris Benazola, and I, of course, am still Marjorie and Marie O'Neill Claproot. Yep. But so, uh, so we have an event. We're uh, planning a company. We do some lobbying. We raise a lot of money for charities, and we and we call it Clapazola Partners. Claproot and Spinazola. Clapazola. Um, and we're very, we're blessed and we're lucky. Uh, we have great clients, so we do very, very big events. Uh, we're bringing back the Spinozola Festival of Food and Wine that raised millions and millions of dollars over the years. Food and Wine event, 5,000 handsome and beautiful people in black tie and gowns yeah, raising it was, money for hungry It was the Boston Institution yeah. and, you know, World Trade Center, all the best restaurants serving samples of their food, all the wineries, samples of... So yeah. when is it coming back? So it's coming back in 2016. 2016. All so, right. uh, so look for that. Um, and uh, Clapazola is now back in Boston after 30 years out in the suburbs of beautiful Sharon, Mass. Yeah. Um, we're yeah, in Boston. And, Mar and Marge's, all of Marge's tchotchkes barely fit into her uh, swanky apartment. Yes. <laughs> it's very, very so, hard to fit them all right. Uh, is there, a, what's the website? Is it Clapazola? Yeah, so it's so it's www.clapazola, two P's, two Z's, 
Yes, one L. It's a great URL. Dot com. There's no chance of anyone misspelling that. No, really. Clappazola.com. Okay, dot com. Okay. Clappazola. But it's so nice. So, uh, yep. so, so, ask us to help you with your event, um, whether it's for a big corporation. And thank you very much to all of our clients out there. You know who you are, or whether it's a very small charity. You guys, I think we forced you and dragged you to come to all of our charity events to yep. raise money for for families and beautiful people who need it and everything. So in you did that. You did that recent event for the family services of Greater Boston. Oh, thank right? you so much. You guys came. It was an unbelievable event. And did you, you know, have a ball too? We, at the we same had a blast. Time? Yeah. We were all there. Yeah. And um, so we're doing it again next year. So we're putting you all on the committee. And you did a music festival couple summers ago didn't you yeah what well we did a whole big thing outside the box teddy cutler who's an amazing yeah. philanthropist outside the box uh just was an amazing uh week-long event of great entertainment art um festival and uh, we were blessed that teddy asked clapazola chris yeah. and i to put together boston food fest celebrating the culinary arts uh for that week and so everybody in town from Todd English, Lydia Shire, Gordon Hammersley, Ming Tsai, and all the new uh, stars coming up, Tiffany Faison and Brian Poe and uh, Louis DiBacari and so many of the others, uh, came, cooked, and uh, and it was all just for, for great, great stuff. So we're, we're on, that was a fun event, wasn't it? It was great. Although, except there were two days in a row, do you remember? 102 degrees. Can you imagine being Lydia Shire? She's making lobster sausage. Herself for ten hours, hundred and two. So we she just, didn't have to steam the ravioli; just put it no, on the just, sidewalk. It gets steamed. You know, right this back. is how good Chris Minnesota is as an event planner. This is my, this is my last uh, thirty second uh, sock up to Chris, um, who is fabulous. Um, a year before, you know, yeah, I have to plan everything out a year before. Uh, so um, he's saying to the uh, to the mayor, and we're sitting in there. And the mayor had to be part of it. It's on City Hall Plaza. He said. So part of it, we're going to have nice little picket fences and beautiful tents and places where people can rest and please chew and sit and picnic tables. And we're going to have those big, beautiful things like a hose so that there's a mist and the children can run underneath it and get wet. And if it's hot, people... Yeah. I mean, it's going, no, you're not going to do that. I mean, this is me. Yeah, yeah. The kids will slip. It'll be a hazard. Mm. He says, no, I swear, Mr. Mayor, this is going to be fabulous. Be, thank God. So he went along with us because he said, no, we'll make sure that it's safe. 102 degree temperature, and so the chefs were standing under the mist. You had the misting the machines. Okay, we had all those misting machines. Yeah. Is that what they're called, really? I don't sure? know. Um, Why didn't we invest in them years ago? That's a good question. In some places in the in the country, like Arizona and stuff, you go to restaurants that those misting machines are coming down on the outside, but we don't tend to need them here. But you know what else? Sometimes if you go to the cold places, yeah. Um, they have the heat machines and, the, right. and the glass rounds so that if you're in Vermont, you can feel like you're in St. Martin. That's. I don't know how that's relevant that's, to this discussion. That's why but. when I'm walking by every hotel on a cold day with those heat lamps where the valets <laughs> are, I always stand there for an extra 10 minutes. I'm in St. Martin. It feels so good and, and, and toasty. Marge, thanks so much for joining us. Margie Clapper, hey, clap, check, check, check them out, clapazola.com for all your event planning needs and your... Uh, you're a treasure of this state as far as I'm concerned, and thank you for joining thank us. Thank you so, so much. I am time. a big thank fan you of you guys. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. All right. We'll be right Where's back. Where's the thank wine? <laughs>